Forgotten Flicks, episode 25, The Last Starfighter from 1984. Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. And don't forget the Star League fight song. That'll get you in the door. Welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast, the only podcast where you will actually get from the uncut version of The Last Starfighter, the Star League Fighting Anthem. Yes, that's right, folks. And I am Joel, and I'm joined, as always, by Jason. Isanche? Onimatsuela. Prita, Prita. I know I'm going to regret asking this. <laughs> what, what was that from? That's from the movie. It's Is there it? are two there are two you little act, sequences wait, wait, where wait, they wait. actually speak alien. Wait a minute, you actually remember? Yes. I memorized it, it. it. I thought there was like something like I think you were speaking in Spanish and you were like quoting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the? No, it's in it's in oh. Alien yes. or whatever it is. Oh, I yeah. knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's not Klingon. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, <laughs> nerd level is at an orange. <laughs> For, we'll get into it, but there's a reason. So <laughs> Okay. Oh, there's always a reason, Jason. We know that. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> wow. He, like, he probably practiced that. He probably just sat around going, okay, is Sanche, Domingo, Clorito, Hannah Banana. Ah, yes. <laughs> So, uh, welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast, which I believe I've said I'm having deja vu. And tonight we will be, or today, or morning, whenever you're listening to this, I keep forgetting it's a podcast. Uh, it, we <laughs> will be discussing The Last Starfighter. That's right, that that classic from the mid-80s that we all remember so fondly. The question is, does it hold up, or is it a woeful case of C&D, Cinematic Nostalgia Disorder? And this time, for the first time in 25 episodes, I am going to remember... To warn all newcomers to the show, Jason, <laughs> Jason, I'm going to warn them that, especially over the main movie, we are spoilerific, okay? So if by chance yeah. you haven't seen The Last Starfighter, though I'm going to wager a bet that the vast majority of people listening to this have, but let's say you haven't in, you know, 20-some-odd years, and you don't want anything— Damn near 30 years, my friend. I uh, don't shut up. Um <laughs> And I don't know if I—I'll tell my story later. Otherwise, I get sidetracked and completely forget to do my spoiler warning. Um, <laughs> so continue with your spoiler warning, yeah. please. I'm going to just <laughs> warn you ahead of time that we tend to go into some pretty heavy spoiler territory. It begins pretty much from the onset. So that being said, if you don't want spoilers, well, I would hit pause or stop or whatever or what have you or just delete and watch the movie and then switch over to the nerdist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he doesn't do spoilers. Because he has, like, famous people on his show and stuff. Yeah, well. And he's actually <clears throat> funny. So, yes, uh, you could switch over to the Nerdist while you're watching The Last Starfighter, or you could come back to us later. 
That being said, we also always have our six picks at the end, uh, which we try to keep spoiler light. At least some of us do, Jason. And um, I have actually, just for the time being, mainly because I haven't had the time to create an actual really great Anne Ramsey spoiler alert system. But it's coming, people. Oh, yes, it's coming. Until then, this will be your warning that a spoiler is coming. Zap it, damn it! Zap it, damn it! Zap it, damn it! <laughs> the great Anne Ramsey from Throw Mama from the Train from 1987. Let's hear it, folks. Let's hear it. Zap it, damn it! Zap just... it, damn it! Yes. <laughs> so. Who the hell are you all of a sudden? <laughs> Actually, maybe that's the one I should have used. Um, no, no, stop it, damn it, it's good, because yeah, yeah, that goes yeah, with spoilers. Yeah, it definitely goes with spoilers. <laughs> so, anywho, without further ado, we will get right into listener feedback. But this is also a first. My goodness, ladies and gentlemen, the 25th episode is a banner episode of the Forgotten Flicks podcast, <laughs> because we, in fact, have a voicemail that pertains to the actual movie we're doing right now in this episode. Do you understand? This has never is happened that, uh, before believable or what that means there's one guy one guy who actually read my show notes <laughs> <laughs> oh wait no he didn't no, actually, no. you tweeted it out didn't you <laughs> i did <laughs> and wow. to show you how prepared i was i tweeted it out a mere scant five hours before our show <laughs> wow well and to I think next time i'm gonna do it like a week ahead <laughs> and to prove how much more on the ball kevin is he actually got us the voicemail quicker than i guess either of us could have ever prepared anything <laughs> in our lives yeah, well. So, yeah, so thank you, Kevin, and we will now play the voicemail from Kevin, and he will tell you the rest. Hey, Joel and Jason, it's Kevin Batchelder from the Saturday B-Movie Reel podcast and the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast. I'm a fairly new listener to your podcast, as both of you guys know. Uh, I'm exchanging some emails with you. Been a lot of fun, really enjoying it. You guys really do a great job. Uh, always know I'm going to get a good laugh listening to uh, some of your, uh, what shall we say, tangents, especially when it comes to discussing movies. But uh, always enjoy it. But hey, some thoughts on The Last Starfighter. This was definitely one of my fave movies from the 80s. Uh, I am uh, old enough to have uh, been uh, seeing it in the theater. I was probably graduated high school late 70s. Yes, I am that old. So before we had the Internet and computers and even cable TV, I was spending a lot of time in the arcades. Uh, my games of choice were Asteroids and Space Invaders. Not that I didn't play them all, but those two I obsessed over. So seeing a movie where someone who is good at a video game gets taken off on this wonderful journey and gets to hang out with a really uh, cool and beautiful girlfriend like uh, Mary, you know, Catherine Mary Stewart's character. Uh, you know, can't the parallels draw me in? Sorry, I, I can't say how much I envision myself in this story. Probably way too much to the point of session. But uh, very fun movie. Really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, this was definitely one that got me the major crush on her. Um, Night of the Comet, as you know, came out a few months later. Uh, but this was the first one uh, I remember seeing her in. Uh, looking forward to rewatching it myself. I'm not sure how well it'll hold up because it has been many years since I saw it. But uh, Certainly will have rose-colored glasses since it holds a special place in my heart. So appreciate all the podcast, guys. Lots of fun as always. Take care. Jason? <laughs> Deb, when he says tangents, he wasn't talking about me. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, Jason. <laughs> Did he say no computers? Oh, that's like Stone Age. What are you talking about? <laughs> my Lord. 
<laughs> I actually remember seeing the last Starfighter uh, in the theater. And speaking of tangents, this was actually a cinematic tangent because I don't know if I've told this story in here before. In fact, I may have. <laughs> but uh, I actually remember going with my dad and... For whatever reason, my mom had this whole issue where she didn't want me to see Ghostbusters, blah, bitty, blah, blah, blah. It was too adult. What? Yeah, I don't get me started. My dad, they were divorced at that point. He didn't give a crap. He took me anyway. <laughs> but prior to taking me to see it, he uh, took me to see Last Starfighter. Well, Ghostbusters must have been playing in the house next door. And I'm pretty confident, of course, looking back at it now, at the age of eight or whatever it was at the time, I didn't think of it this way. But... I realized the projectionist must have been stoned out of his mind. Why do I think that? Because in the middle of The Last Starfighter, suddenly there's Peter Venkman walking down the hall, heading towards uh, uh, Dana Barrett's house, or apartment, rather. Uh, you know, uh, are you he put the, on the second reel for Ghostbusters. Are, are you the, well, it's more than the second reel. It was like the fourth or you know, pushing the end of the movie. Uh, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Are yeah. you the key master? <laughs> and and, I, and of course, so it's like the most sexualized scene in the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, it's like the, it was like the the, the the dichotomy that affected my whole life. It was a combination of, oh, oh, I'd get in trouble. Wow. <laughs> oh, I better not. Look. Wow. So sort of like that. And it was weird because you like I at first I thought, OK, maybe somehow, you know, you'd mix the entire reel. But it was only like that scene. And they somehow managed to, and having worked in a movie theater and uh, with the platter system and everything, and this was a multiplex, so it was probably set up very similarly. I really don't know how you manage that unless you do it on purpose. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. takes some skill because it wasn't like the whole reel. It was just part of, it was just like a, a short two minutes of the movie. Reels are, you know, substantially longer than that, 10 plus minutes. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Anyway, speaking of tangents. No, so thanks for the feedback, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. thanks. <laughs> The meds have worn off. Hold on. Spoiler God, alert. Lovely prediction. Damn it, damn it. Yes. Spoiler alert. The meds have worn off. Okay. So on that note, Jason, would you like to go into Last Starfighter? I would love okay, to. Okay. I will play the trailer. I will. Uh, fair warning, folks. This trailer is long. It's like two and a half uh, minutes or so. So uh, just lay, lay back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Alex Rogan had a dream. You really are leaving here, aren't you? To be as far away from here as possible. You get your chance. When it comes, you gotta grab it with both hands. It started with a game. You're gonna bust the record. But it wasn't just any game. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sur and the Kodan Armada. And then, one night... Centauri's the name. We have to talk about a matter of utmost importance. Step into my office. I've seen him come and I've seen him go, but you're the best, my boy. Light years ahead of the competition. Then... Alex didn't find his dream. my boy a world on the brink of destruction
You were recruited by the Starling to defend... To defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. Of all the life forms, on all the planets, in all the galaxies... been chosen. Alex Rogan. Alex? I'm Alex. Is the last starfighter. For every Earthling who's ever imagined traveling beyond the stars. Maybe there is a starfighter left. I love you, Alex Rogan the unforgettable story of one who made it. <laughs> the Last Starfighter. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that was like a perfect like movie trailer. Like you're in the theater kind of trailer. Well, that, that was a perfect trailer for a podcast <laughs> that's completely audio. <laughs> Because the thing that drives me nuts yes, is when I pull some of these trailers off and I have to, like, edit them because there's, like, 30 seconds of just stuff blowing up. Which, oh, yeah, on the big screen is awesome. But when you translate that to audio, it's kind of boring. Yeah. And a little annoying. Kind of lame. This it, was a perfect... Yes. Perfect narration. Yes, yes. yes. So, The Last Starfighter <laughs> from 1984, Jason, was directed, was directed by Nick Castle. Nick Castle mm -hmm. is the man who, uh, among other classics, also directed The Boy Who Could Fly, which I actually remember going to theater to see. Mm -hmm. um, Tap, which I believe had Gregory Hines in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Dennis yeah. the Menace. Okay. The, the movie Ooh. version with, well, with Walter Matthau. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Major Pain. Oh. What? One tubby, tubby, two tubby, tubby. The classic and ironically titled Ellen DeGeneres film, Mr. Wrong. <laughs> oh, how ironic. <laughs> Do you think that movie gave Bill Pullman a complex? Anywho. <laughs> so... Yes, he uh, he's directed some some interesting films, and but more importantly, Jason, but more importantly, Nick Castle is the one, the only, the original, The Shape. He was Michael Myers for the most part in uh, 1978, John Carpenter's Halloween, which I know I've probably mentioned about every third episode. <laughs> what what movie was that? Are you joking? I don't, I don't think I. What, what? it was no? a stepfather. No. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't mentioned that I one in like four. About that coming up too. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I uh, haven't uh, mentioned that in like four episodes, so I figured I'd throw that out there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, we and, drop that. and wait, hold on. Lost. Since we're talking about Terry Flynn. Yeah. Just don't say Star Wars, please. <laughs> you said it. You did. <laughs> you. Doink. Okay. So, so Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. <clears throat> back yeah. to the back, tangents. Really. <laughs> Tangents? So what? it starred Lance Guest, best known mm -hmm. for Halloween 2 and Jaws 4. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even do it. Oh, sorry. Actually, I like Halloween 2. Jaws 4, <laughs> the shark roars, people. It actually... Dan O'Hurley, 
<laughs> who plays Grig, his wacky alien sidekick, who uh, probably is best known, well, at least as far as I'm concerned, for the, playing the old man in RoboCop and... What is it? What, yes. What, what's the line? Is it? It's always in the trailer. It was in the trailer. Behave yourselves, or something to that effect. <laughs> yes, that's when the T one thousand or whatever it is no, is fighting. T one thousand Terminator. The T one thousand. Yeah. What's <laughs> Catherine Mary Stewart? <laughs> who's most famous for? Well, probably most famous for this movie, but she was also in the Always Awesome Night of the Comet. With our buddy <laughs> Kelly Maroney. Oh, see, I should have had this. See, this is I, I've got twenty five episodes in. I got so much, so much growing to do. I should have had it queued. I should have had it queued up because then I could have totally dropped the spot she did for. <sighs> but you had come on, yeah, I man. Know, I know. Was it, or 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 I could learn about this thing called editing, where I could just have dropped it in and pretended like I had done it live. But eh, whatever. Still can. Just just keep going. Shh. It's all right. Okay, so if it actually played, you'll know that I wasn't super duper lazy. <laughs> If it does it play, well, it's it part. It got late. It got late, and it's part for the course. Um, Robert Preston played anyway. Centauri, my boy, and Robert Preston probably absolutely best known for Singing in the Rain. Yes, and um, yeah, that's all I got. And uh, no, also in Music Man. Was it the music? Oh wait, no. You know what? My bad, dude. It's not wow. in the Rain. It was music Man. No, well, this is he's the Gary Marshall of this episode. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Gary Marshall. Yes. That's what Gail said. Yes, yeah, yeah. Ga- Ga- Gail, one of our one of our one of our buddies and and uh, and faithful listeners <laughs> said, "Is it a little too crazy to yell out Gary Marshall in the middle of an episode? <laughs> you know, like when Joel's going on and on about Carl Reiner and getting the two confused. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like getting Robert Preston's roles confused and singing in the rain and Music Man. And for those of you out there that went, no, you more, it's the Music Man. Shame it, it on you man. for even yes. knowing that." Ugh. No, I love the Music Man, <laughs> and he is fantastic in that. When he's ladies he does and gentlemen, that. ladies and gentlemen, I rest my case. He loves the Music <laughs> He loves the Music Man, and he speaks in Kodan or whatever that would be. <laughs> ladies, ladies, too bad he's taken. You know what I'm saying? Because wow. <laughs> Of course, I know, hot on the market. Of baby. course, there are a couple of uh, again cameos before they would actually be considered cameos. A apparently a young Will Wheaton. Uh yes, was uh, one of uh, Lewis, um, uh, Lewis's uh, Alex's little brother, one of his little buddies, and mm-hmm. also Bruce Abbott of uh, Reanimator fame plays one of the uh, Star League. I think he's one of the Star League guys, right? Yeah, yeah. So, anywho, we uh, those that's the the primary cast and the director, uh, Jonathan R. And I'm going to butcher his name, Betuel or Betuel or Bejeweled. He also wrote <laughs> My Science Project, a film that came out the year the next year, 1985. Uh, it's one of those like <sighs> guilty, guilty. I love that movie. Guilty I love that movie. pleasures. You know what's cool about 1985? Uh, I can still remember this day, getting ready. You know, decided we were going to go see with a friend of mine, a friend named <laughs> a guy named Jason. So ironic, Jason and I had this conversation. <laughs> I think all your friends are Jason. Yeah. Well, anybody that was born in the seventies, if you were male, your name was Jason, other than me. And if you were a girl, your name was either Jennifer or Heather, like my wife. Like I don't I don't know. I you know, for a bunch of hippies, they were so unoriginal. It was pathetic. Our our parents were just like, come on, folks, really? <laughs> my name almost is Moonbeam. So yeah, what was I saying? 
You remember 1985? Yes, like the, it was the, yeah, like it no was yesterday. Him. Except I can't remember what I just said two seconds ago, but I can remember 1985 <laughs> like it was yesterday. It's long-term memory, short-term memory. Yes, and I, I remember sitting with a friend of mine. We were deciding we were going to see. <laughs> long story short, we ended up seeing Real Genius. And But I remember the paper. It was like Fletch, Real Genius, Weird Science, My Science Project, um, Top Secret. And I can remember like looking at the paper and seeing all the ads. In, and even then, at that the tender age... The tender, tender age of nine. I remember looking at the paper thinking, wow, one day I will have C&D for all these movies. <laughs> I would, this, is a, this is a moment. This is a stellar milestone in cinematic history right here. And I'm experiencing it. I knew that even then. So, Jason, would you like to go into the synopsis <laughs> now that we're 20 minutes in? It is the yes, 25th of episode of the Forgot Folks podcast. I guess I didn't mention it. And before you do, Jason, before you do it. Just so we're clear, folks, spoiler alert. Stop it, damn it! <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> I'll try to keep the ending uh, safe. <laughs> Stop it, damn it! This is The Last Starfighter. It's the story of Alex Rogan, who Stop is it, apparently it. the only teenage boy in a trailer park called Starlight Star Bright. And it seems to be in the <laughs> middle of... <laughs> First, I see you tonight... <laughs> it's where where would you say they are? Colorado, Nevada. California. I'd say Nevada. Right? Cal- California. And, yeah, California ish. Out west. It's kind of desolate, deserty. Uh anyway, he he is the son of I guess the manager of the trailer a preacher park. Preacher man. Yeah, son of a preacher man. And um his girlfriend, Maggie, played by Catherine Marin <laughs> Catherine Mary Stewart. Yep. Um, is there, and they're kind of high school grads getting ready to figure out what to do with their life. And um, Alex is trying to get into university, and Maggie's kind of homebody, wants to stay in the trailer park, take care of her Graham Graham, um, <laughs> who I think is hilarious, is listening to a Walkman and like jamming to some 1980s hip hop music. And um, yeah, so That's they all cool. live in this trailer park, and it's like this really odd, tight knit community where they don't seem to need to leave or. Now just kind of stay right there. So um, Alex, who uh, in his spare time when he's not fixing electrical wires or doing the general maintenance for the park, plays this one stand-up arcade game that's or, wait, hold uh, on, Jason, next to the Jason, concession stand. Jason, or yeah. tries to uh, do a prevention um, to help his brother with his porno- pornography addiction. Continue. <laughs> oh, I will get to that. <laughs> his brother, Louis. <laughs> Uh, who, um, uh, played by Chris Herbert, is uh, also there. There's the two boys, and um, well, I'll get to him. I won't even mention him. I'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> but but Alex plays this video game, and the video game is Starfighter, and it uh, is this kind of a heads-up display video game where you're on a spaceship, and you've been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier. And so he plays it. One night he gets ticked off because Maggie goes out late with other people. He can't go. He's got to stay home. And he basically beats the game. Now, at this point, he gets up to a certain point, and his little brother's up says – or Maggie looks over at first and says, you've never – 900,000 points. You've never been this far before. And somebody else says, 900,000 points, and they start calling everyone from the trailer park. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Alex gonna break the record. You gotta come see. And everybody, the record. And then Lewis is in his room, and he hears people talking outside. And little Lewis is—I'd say Lewis is what ten ish. I wouldn't know from his Not, Playboy collection. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. We'll get to that. He <laughs> hears them, and he basically goes, "The record." And oh. so, next thing you know, 
everyone from the trailer park is standing behind him like go alex go you can do it and he's shooting at these objects that kind of float across the screen at slow speed and he's like he can do it and then the the mothership is there there it is you can do it alex and he blows it up and yeah like that's the movie that's the biggest thing that's happened in this trailer park since electricity i mean oh (laughs) nope that's the best thing that happened in that trailer park since garth brooks who wasn't even out yet (laughs) jason so wait can i just can i just interject one one quick point please do yes the old dude who's like hanging out with him the i don't know what his get deal is the old guy Oh no, yeah, he kind of runs the concession stand. Oh, that's guess, what it is. Okay, park. yeah, yeah. He says, "Grab it by, you know, grab it with both hands." And all I could see in my head was Rip Torn and do- uh, Dodgeball. Got to grab it <laughs> by the haunches and hop it, hop it into submission. That's all. <laughs> that's, right. that's all I could hear. Completely ruined the whole movie for me. No, he said, "You grab it with both when when opportunity comes. You grab it with both hands and you hop it and hop it, it into submission." <laughs> <laughs> you do that very well, by the way. Yes, thank you. My, my rip turn, ladies and gentlemen. So, so basically, slightly this is better Alex's... than my Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yeah, much, much, much better. <laughs> I just occurred to me, my Bobcat Goldthwait is a a spot on uh, impression of one of the Ghoulies from Ghoulies Two. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Go ahead. The one that comes up the toilet. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's the cat one. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Alex is basically struggling with do I I don't want to live in this little dead end trailer park for the rest of my life. I want to go make something of myself and I want to take my girlfriend with me. But he receives a letter that says he's not getting into the university because he can't afford it and he was denied for his loan and he's upset and you know kind of struggling with it. Well, this video game, ready? Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Oh, oh, oh. Stop it, damn it. The video game is a setup. What? It's actually a test. Uh-uh. A test placed on Earth by Centauri, who I guess is some kind of like con bounty hunter, con artist, you know, tradesman. Um, not quite as cool as Han Solo, but you know, what the man? What? The but, oh, did you just compare him to Han Solo? I would say Obi Wan Kenobi might be. Oh, I he's guess a here. Yeah, but he's like no, the he's, old, more he's, like, he's like the old guy who's gonna, you know. Lead the the young Padawan. Oh God, Padawan! Yeah, no, I got it more. It's like he was there to make profit, and this just happened to be a kid that he was fast talking into joining. So basically, and... what you're trying to say is, in a sense, Centauri was gonna pick up Alex Rogan, a young nubile boy from the planet Earth, and sell him into the <laughs> sl- the sex nubile. Slave. He's gonna be- <laughs> put him into like the slave trade or something. Is that what you're? Is that where you're going with this? This this story's nope. taking a very dark uh, turn, Jason. You're watching the wrong movie again. Oh, my bad. <laughs> You're watching the last Starbanger. This is the last Star Fighter. <laughs> Got it. My bad. My bad. Netflix. That man. was Kim Kardashian. This is first the no, raise and rates. Different. Next, I'm just like watching the wrong movie. <laughs> that was so for the guy named Lance too. Huh? <laughs> I said that was start a guy named Lance. God, yes. <laughs> Yeah, no. <clears throat> After Halloween and Starfighter went downhill. What? I guess. That's the reason. <laughs> so it, it basically turns out that uh, the fact that he beat this video game proved his worth that he was this uh, stellar warrior, that he was this Starfighter. And so not just some, some loser in a 
trailer park. <laughs> who, apparently, a trailer park. Or, or, who apparently can only leave said trailer park if he's admitted into a university because, you know, God didn't give him legs or anything. To no, walk or a vehicle, out. apparently. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> So he uh, – Robert Preston plays Centauri and comes down and basically picks up um, Alex and says, "You, I've got the surprise for you. And he goes and tries to convince him to become the starfighter because he's got these amazing powers. Um, and what has happened is that this bad guy, Zur, uh, is attacking the frontier and they need all the starfighters they can get to repel this – um, invasion, and so Alex is one of them. He gets there, realizes, yo, I don't want nothing to do with this because there's dying involved. And there is a great scene in which the Zerk kind of pops his holographic head into the headquarters of the good guys and says, "Ah, I found your spy." Which, by the and, which, by the way, totally not meant to rip off Star Wars in any way, shape, or form. No, not at all. Not even the same color. Oh wait, it was the same color. Oh wait, and no. by the way, by the way, Zur played by the. Always, always, always beloved Norman Snow. Oh my God, he is the absolute like god of soap operas <laughs> of of actors with the last name of Snow. Yes. <laughs> anyway, he pops in and says, "I've caught your spy, your Rylan spy," and they show this kind of cool scene where a guy's. Okay, spoiler alert. Oh, oh hold on, didn't have it up. I was I was reading. <laughs> damn it, damn it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, where the spy is basically, I guess, collared into the wall, and this laser comes down and melts his face a la Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he kind of just kind of melts. And that's when Alex says, yo, I'm out. Take me home. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so our, Alex so, is pretty much a coward. This should be called uh, the last point, star coward. Yes, yeah, the last star weenie. Got it. And oh wait, no, that's the one you just watched. Never no, mind. Um, <laughs> so he he basically says, "Take me home." Well, in the meantime, there has been a clone robot android replica of Alex Beta Alex, mm-hmm. who has sort of taken his place. Um, Alex goes home. Beta Alex is there, been mucking things up royally with uh, his girlfriend Mags. You know the worst. And, you, know, you know what the best part about Alex Beta is when is when you get one. You can uh, offer it up to 25 of your friends. <laughs> Beta Alex, that was, by that was invite a, only. <laughs> that, was, that was a Google reference, guys. That was by invite only. Um, yes, who strangely at one point, uh, as he's transforming, kind of lays under his covers. And goes, and just <laughs> moans. No, <laughs> it would have been cooler, except he's under his covers going, uh, uh, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's just pouting." I'm like, um, "I'd have, have flipped se- those covers well, up." Uh, well, uh, uh, well, you would have. I wouldn't have because all I'd be thinking is, "Where are Lewis's magazines?" <laughs> what? What? Which leads me to Lewis, his uh, kid brother, who I would say is maybe ten, maybe, maybe, maybe ten, very young, and he li- sleeps in a bunk bed above Alex. Odd maybe. enough. Yeah, I was going to say, thank um, God, but maybe that isn't a thank God. Maybe that's a... No, it's not. Uh, I'd be above that kid for sure. Um, <laughs> who apparently, Lewis has like this massive Playboy magazine collection, this porno collection. And he's like, Rusty, point... he's like Rusty's cousin in vacation. <laughs> 
one point he's like, damn it, where's Miss June? And he looking through his glass, and he pulls her out. And he goes, ah, oh, that's the stuff. And I'm, <laughs> and I'll get to my judgment of that. No, I'll get to my judgment of that now. Damn it, that was just creepy. That kid is way too young to be thinking. You know, that's the thing about a lot of '80s movies, and, and it's the thing I love about them. Yet, like you said, it's also in hindsight now being like a father and everything. It's creepy. Is how inappropriate. Some of the hu- like humor, especially as it related to like kids and sexuality, was in like PG movies, like Vacation. Okay, it's an R-rated yeah. movie, but Starfighters like right. this PG, this family friendly. <laughs> bring the kids, <laughs> except for the and part. What? And where the kid says, what the shit? Or what the... And they, yeah. like the kid's like a cursing machine. He's the oh, yeah. only one that curses yeah, in the yeah. movie. Because you know why, Jason? <laughs> because it's funny when little kids cuss. They're precocious. <laughs> it's what they do. It's what Did they... Did you ever see that movie with... Uh, really? You're going to uh, ask me that, Jason? Really? Judge Reinhold and... Um... Vice versa? Yes. Dude, how sad is that? With Fred Savage, right? <laughs> all you had to do... Savage. All you had to do is say that movie... <laughs> Judge Reinhold. <laughs> and you knew what it was. <laughs> Vice versa. It's basically a spin on this trading places type and thing. And like Father Like and Son, which came out around the same time with Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore. Oh, yeah, which, but that one was. I like I that one. That's Sean Astin, in it, dude. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, but meh. Um, anyway, Fred Savage at one point is in an elevator and there's two executives who, as a grown up, Fred Savage's grown up soul is in the little kid body. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, hurry. Spoiler alert. (laughs) They're saying something bad about the grown-up version of him, and he's behind him, and he flicks him off and, like, holds it. And I remember watching that thinking, that's that's just not right. (laughs) It just feels weird watching a little kid just flicking someone off like that. Of course, when I was a kid, I thought it was awesome. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So anyway, I get to the rest of the synopsis of this damn movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and so he basically decides he is going to be a starfighter. Uh, he hooks up and, and partners up with this alien named Grig, uh, played by Dan O'Hurley. Oh, Grig, who, who says, behave yourselves. <laughs> I would have loved it if he said that. <laughs> but um, Grig, who apparently laughs by going, <laughs> yeah, You know what? It's not funny, Jason. Grig <laughs> suffers from emphysema. <laughs> I guess. It afflicts his race. Um and your mockery yeah. is unacceptable. And so, so he and Greg go off to fight the Kodan Armada that's invading. Um, I won't give away the ending, but uh, suffice let's say, it to say, he is called the last uh, <laughs> starfighter. He does. Oh shit! Did I say that? He does. Oh, hold on! Hold on! No. Hold on! Stop it! Damn it! Yes. <laughs> he doesn't die. You know, you know what's interesting about Starfighter, and it's sort of like there's a certain type of movie, and I've heard some people make this argument before, so I'm just going to copy them. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's easy to come up with your own opinion. That's that's fine. Nah, forget that. Um, <laughs> you know, there was in the '80s there was this kind of movie that yes, it fell into a certain genre, but it's almost like it had so many different elements to it, like the yeah. you know the Starfighter, Goonies. Uh, batteries not included. Uh, any any of those yeah. types of movies. I mean, I, I almost call it the, the the genre of Spielbergian wannabe movies. Because yes. you know what I mean. Yep, yep. And and it's it like, tried. what's that? It tried. It, yeah, it, it kind of tried. Yeah, and, and, that, and yeah. I think Lost Starfighter came pretty close to tapping into. I mean, it's it's overly sentimental in parts, and it's a little overdone. And uh, but I, I think it holds up really well. So. Yeah, 
I, I watched this movie. I've mentioned it in, I think, at least three other episodes that we've done. Um, I mentioned it because I watched this a bunch when I was a kid mm-hmm. to the point where when I rewatched it recently, I still you remembered cried. lines. Yeah, I did not cry. No, um, I still remembered lines, but mainly I remembered certain lines or certain elements of the movie, but not the whole thing. I haven't seen it in, in years now. I rewatched it. <sighs> I hate to say this, man. <laughs> I still like it. It's still afflicts it for me. This was definitely a case of CND for me. Really? Watching the whole space stuff, it was just like, mm, nah, that did not hold up. It wasn't It wasn't the special effects. Which, I was going to say, you know, actually, were, well, we, actually, this was one of the first movies that really used CGI, and I actually think, I mean, yeah. no, it's not like today's quality, but I think that no, it, no. I think it holds up surprisingly. Like, it doesn't look like horrible. I mean, remember this yeah. one, I've seen some CGI movies that have come out in the last 15, 10 to 15 years, ever since Jurassic Park, that looked worse than this did. Oh, yes, no, definitely. And, and the CGI in it, you have to put it in context that it was one of the first ones to do that. Um, and I did... Still like that. It still looks good in the way they did it. There were just some things that really stuck out as awful to me in this. Uh, first and foremost, really the whole trailer park is going to come watch and play that video game. I was a kid like Kevin, spent a lot of time in an arcade. And the one draw for this movie, I guess the thing that made me absolutely lock onto this movie that I loved as a kid, it was every kid's dream to play a video game. And have a crowd of people gather behind you and cheer you on because you were going to do something fantastic. Uh, Jason, Jason, I still remember Jason. playing a game. No, no. I still remember Jason. playing like Tron or Spy Hunter and, no and getting the record and putting in my initials. Like, <laughs> I'm going to put in JDG. And then I was like the top score. And you stop and you look around and like. And it's crickets. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no one's looking. And you're like, uh-huh. That's you because it was. See that? It's and because you it was 43 on a Tuesday night. And the mall was 98% empty, except for that creepy guy over in the corner with the orange Julius that's just kind of peering at you over his uh, giant Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Yeah. Other than that, he was impressed by your score, Jason. Yeah, he loved it. Nobody cared, man. Nobody, no, cared. nobody cared, Jason. But I'd like to point out a bigger problem. I mean, um, issue about what you said. It was every boy's dream to what? Could you repeat that? <laughs> to be playing a video game and have a crowd of people really? come Every up and boys, just... huh? Okay, you know this movie had Catherine Mary Stewart in it, right? Huh? Okay. I'm just saying. That part never got good. They underused her. Oh, they totally underused her. They, they, she I mean, so she was good. Pretty that, she was, yeah. I think she was the best acting in this. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, she was Lance the best. Guessed... I mean, Robert Patton. Well, I was gonna say something. I think Lance Guest. I I like him in it. I like Alex, but there are moments where he's just so. I don't know. Well, thirty. Um, <laughs> thirty playing yes. seventeen. But that that aside, I don't know. There's yeah. certain moments where he's like, "Yeah, I know to defend the frontier." Yeah, he, he was he got it up a little too much. Yeah, like. Like some of the um, uh, one, the biggest issue I had, I watched started watching this movie. The entire beginning of the movie, the trailer park scene where he sets up that he he doesn't want to. I mean, he wants to leave. He doesn't want to live here anymore. Doesn't kind of stay here as a homebody. He wants Maggie to come with him. That part really st- stood out as good. But then all of a sudden, it's like they start getting into the space part, and it gets hammy. And most of it was like him, like he's in this the cockpit of the Gunstar, which is this cool big giant ship. And every time he gets to talk to Greg, he has to go and turn around and he kind of speaks with a head nod 
so his helmet moves when he talks, and it just got a little goobery. <laughs> well, he does come from the Starlight Starbright trailer park, Jason. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and those were not cool costumes. I will uh, – you know, Star Trek, good enough. Star Wars, kick-ass costumes. Uh, Starfighter costume is just lame. You know what, <laughs> it was you know, awful. You know what one of the beauties of ADD is, Jason? Is the ability <laughs> while you're talking for me to suddenly have a memory of when I'm like – Nine years old, and I got the last Starfighter comic book. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember I re- that. I, I remember, have that, too. I remember we went on a trip. I don't remember where we went, but we went on a trip somewhere. I just remember being in the back of, like, my dad's Camaro or whatever it was. Which, by the way, the 1980s Camaro being in the backseat of that sucker on, like, a 12-hour car ride, that was comfy. Oh, you had to be three feet tall and still bend over at the neck. And I wasn't. Sit. It was <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, you're not a short man. Nope. I, well, I was I was kind of short then, but still, really, it was awful. Anyway, Mm-mm. so yeah, I don't know why that just popped into my head. I remember that comic book. That's eh, all right. It's good stuff. I gotta love ADD. Anyway, so for me, it was a little CND. Now it's still a decent. It's still a good eighties movie. Um, it's still a good um story. Did and I it mention still has it a, had Catherine Mary Stewart in it? Yes, okay. that carries a lot of weight, and it, the story is awesome in that it's a kid plays a video game, becomes hero of the universe because of that, and his brother uh, because a perv, his little kid brother's a perv. And his kid is a his kid brother is a pervert, an absolute pervert. Oh, by the way, I meant to ask. I I, I didn't want to forget this. You know that that kid played young Alex P. Keaton in a couple episodes of Family Ties. Did he really? He was like the little version of him. He was. Oh my god! Which of course, Alex, Alex connection. I don't know. Oh. No, none. None at all. Whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but at one point when Alex and Beta Alex are having their interchange, they're talking about why they're there and what's going on, and. Lewis looks up and he's like, "Huh, Alex?" And they're like, "Go oh. back to bed, Lewis. I'm telling mom about your porno." Yeah, and he's dude, like, the part <laughs> that scared—I remember the the part that scared the mess out of me when I was a kid was the whole where he took his head. Yeah, it was the part where he took his head off, right? Yes. You remember that part? Yeah, where he sets his head yep, on yep. the, and then he's like, "Yeah, oh, that's because he's having problems with his head. He's got reason, the robot." Some reason decapitations like were like really scared me as a kid, like <laughs> insanely. Anything to do with like someone's head being removed. And you know what? I know where it comes from. I, I just remembered. You know where it comes from? I was four Why? years old. My grandmother was moving from her house because they were going to put a big interstate or something through it in St. Pete. And, and she was decapitated no, no, when she was No, no. My mom had a doll, a Sylvia doll. It was like three and a half feet tall. It was like the size of a child, okay? Well, when she had gotten mad at her mom one time, and they told me this story over and over again, she had swung Sylvia around by her hair, and her head popped off. Well, my grandmother had never gotten her fixed. So here we are moving. They found Sylvia up in the attic, and there's a, still a picture of this. And I was standing next to my grandmother, terrified. <laughs> my mom thought it would be a good idea to kneel down behind Sylvia, put her own head on Sylvia's stump. Oh, my God. While holding <laughs> Sylvia's head under her arm while my grandmother took a picture. <laughs> and my four-year-old self is sitting there staring on in horror. <laughs> <laughs> Months later, I might add, we took Sylvia to a doll hospital. I'm not kidding you, people. This was a real place where there were dolls on freaking gurneys. I want that picture. And around that same that time, picture. I watched Devil Doll on Creature Feature with Dr. Paul Bear. And we, why is Joel a 35-year-old man who's scared of dolls? Oh, I don't know. Where do these phobias? They don't come from. They just imagine. They, why would you feel it? Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Like anyway. that little clown doll from Poltergeist. You know what? That never scared me that bad. I mean, it was a scary scene, but that didn't bother. It's like the ones that look like kids, or like the ones that are just like, like I don't know, their eyes like open when you lift them. Oh, <laughs> have that. you ever watched a show called Destination Truth on Sci-Fi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
They they did an episode and there's it's not linked to the show, but I, I, I that's how I learned about this place, the Island of the Dolls. Oh yeah, you told me about that. Yes, there's a place. I think it's Google in Mexico. It, people. You will have nightmares. I promise. Yes. Basically, the story is that this little girl went down to this river and fell in and drowned. And as a to appease the spirit of this little girl, they keep and put up all these little dolls around the trees everywhere. Like they, they hang them up, Dude. and some of them are burnt and some of them are pieces and i so have to write that like, i have to i want to use that in a story like it just seems like it's so it's the creepiest scariest weirdest place yeah like, island yeah, no. of the dolls in mexico it's like right off of uh the coast of uh, wait, i can't remember exactly where it's at but yeah just all you yeah. do is say google, google mexico island of the dolls believe me you'll find it the image is oh it's like a river island it's not like an ocean yeah. it's like a yeah. river island, but yeah it's yeah. free but anyway so tangent number two two thousand I was going to say, wow. <laughs> That's two for me. That's 12 for you. So, Jason, <clears throat> would you like to get into a little six picks monkey action? Let's hit it. I am proud to say, ladies and gentlemen, 25 episodes in and still no cease and desist. So, Jason. Our, oh, is that awesome? <laughs> our, six, <laughs> our six flicks picks tonight, today, this morning, this afternoon, whatever. This evening. Yeah. Whatever. They are six <laughs> horror movies starring different cast members from The Last Starfighter. That's right, folks. This is the best I could come up with on short notice. <laughs> because I will tell you, you prepared. yeah, I actually will admit to liking pretty much all the ones I picked. I don't the the ones that Jason has. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is another one of those we decided to come up with uh, movies from the stars of Last Starfighter, but stars that were in horror movies, mm -hmm. um, because apparently that seems to be a running theme for most of the folks in this. So I'm going to start with. The cameo only star, I wouldn't even say star, the guy who was also in The Last Starfighter, Will Wheaton, yes. who everybody knows was the kid from Stand By Me, um, was also Wesley in Star Crusher. Trek Next Generation, was Wesley Crusher, uh, Pimple Boy for most of the whole episodes. Whoa, whoa, but he whoa, was whoa, also whoa, whoa. Are you hating on Wesley? <laughs> no, I actually love Will Wheaton. I think he is hilarious. And, and, He's a and, and let's good not forget actor. Toy Soldiers, a movie that we yet again have to add to the list. Yeah, we do. I love Toy Soldiers. There's Sean Astin and uh, Will Wheaton and everything. But yeah, so in uh, uh, he plays Lewis's little buddy, uh, who only plays a bit. I mean, like a scene. You got to watch for it in the beginning. But uh, he, Will Wheaton, was also in probably one of his favorite movies. Oh, he loves the it. curse. Every time I've heard him interviewed. He sings the praises of this film. Oh Lord! He says and he, he, uses he, lots of he says it, well, he, and, and because it's passion, he feels passion for the part. And really, yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard him. I've, I'm pretty confident. I've heard him say that the the biggest loss in his life is that he wasn't able to be in Curse Two: The Bite. <laughs> the Bite. Wow, that's an appetizer. The Curse is an an amazing B type horror movie. Amazing. It is amazing, and I say that in the most neutral sense of the word, but <laughs> yeah. I have yet to see the entire thing from start to finish. I have seen it, pieces of it. Um, I remember seeing parts of it um, in the past. But then the blood the filled up your eyelids. <laughs> yeah, 
But then I started vomiting and working You began to actually go blind, and you realized, hmm, I might might want to stop this right now. It's it's the story of this little farm that's in jeopardy, and basically some meteor comes down to Earth, crashes into the ground, um, and – Will Wheaton plays the little kid, Zach, who sees it. Nobody believes him, but this stuff goes in the ground, and it starts to make everything on the farm bad. Um, It makes the vegetables gross. It makes the fruits full of maggots. It turns the chickens to green goo. It makes people into zombie kind of you know uh, angry. So it's some kind of space virus curse kind of thing. Um, It is really... If you watch the trailer for it, um, the opening scene is the meteor coming from space and hitting their farm. And, you know, it happens a lot. Even the the chance of meatballs. It looks like a flaming meatball being dragged down a piece of fishing line. It was was that good. Um, So, yeah, this is along the lines of the gate, uh, that kind of thing. Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. The gate is good. (laughs) Yes. Just like this is good. People, he actually <laughs> I wanted still to wait, watch wait, wait. this. He, Dude, he, I, I'm going to watch this. Okay, wait, wait. I'm going to watch. Okay, yeah, from beginning to end, I'll believe when I see it. Um, uh, so <laughs> so the, rea- the reality of the situation is, folks, he actually was arguing with me that the Fred Savage Judge Reinhold vice versa was better than the <laughs> Dudley Moore, Kirk Cameron, Sean Astin, like father, like son. I'm just saying. Yeah. And I think the gate is better than the curse. Oh, well. But it's in that same style. It's not even close. The gate's actually watchable. Well, yeah. It's still the same style. Anyway, um, it's point of view of a 10-year-old kid, 11-year-old kid. Okay, okay, well, okay. Gee, so is Stand By Me. (laughs) (laughs) And that also starred Will Wheaton. So So what do we think? The curse is just like Stand By Me, which was directed by Penny Marshall. Like how I did that? Because Rob Reiner really directed it, and his dad's Carl Reiner, and Gary Marshall, and then Penny Marshall. Gary Marshall! What? (laughs) Anyway, yes. You sound like the puppet from Team America. I'm spending too much time talking about this damn movie. Okay. Yeah. The Curse, 1987. So my first pick, my first pick, (laughs) is the only one here that isn't, in my three picks, that isn't a sequel, although it has had a couple sequels. I watched the... Mm. I, I really like the first sequel for some reason, and... I saw the second sequel, and uh, yeah, that's about it for me. So my first pick is 1985's Reanimator. Now, pray tell, why would I pick this gory horror classic? Well, because it starred Bruce Abbott, who played Dan Kane, a medical student who, uh, let's just say, develops, uh, well, gets a roommate who uh, has developed a, a serum for reanimating <laughs> the dead. <laughs> Herbert West Reanimator was an H.P. Lovecraft story. I always love how I start as if I'm about to read like some kind of well-prepared thing. Like you know, like I'm actually like prepared and organized and together, like somebody like Kevin is when he does his shit. It's like actually like organ. He's just like really uh, no. professional. No, folks, come on, really. I'm just going purely off memory Give it up. here. You're digging it out with the spoon oh, from I'm your totally left am. ear. Yeah, I tell you, yeah, for my for my lefty right brady brain. So yeah, so uh, Herbert West played by the awesome Jeffrey Combs, folks. Jeffrey Combs is Jeffrey Combs is up there. He's in that Tim Thomerson, Bruce Campbell league, in my opinion. I just love Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> I better be. Uh, I agree with you, my friend. Uh, laugh. I agree with you. Yes, I, that was a Tim Thomerson reference. I'm laughing at the fact that you somehow snuck that in. <laughs> and too, a Bruce so. Campbell, dude. It was a it was a twofer. It was a twofer. Yeah. And I'm now gonna from now on make sure. Oh, and Terry O'Quinn. Oh no, he wasn't in, but he's in that same league. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 
I'm about to create a list called the fanboy man crushes of Joel Robertson. <laughs> so, yes, it was directed by Stuart Gordon, um, who obviously has an affinity for Lovecraft. He's done some other films like From Beyond and Dagon. And, uh, yeah, long story short, Herbert West is nuts, and he's kind of an insane genius, you know, like all the best mad scientists are. Uh, David Gale <laughs> plays his nemesis, Dr. Carl Hill. Um Pretty mild, uh, spoiler alert. Stop it, damn it! But he ends up beheading <laughs> said Dr. Hill, which I'm not giving anything away if you see the trailer, folks. It's right there. And he reanimates him, and Dr. Hill walks around for the rest of the movie um, with his own head, talking sans vocal cords. And it's a very, 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 very gory movie. It's over the top. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like in the way Evil Dead is gory. You know, it's just really yeah, over the top, yeah. crazy. Uh, Bride of Reanimator was the sequel, also starring Bruce Abbott and uh, Jeffrey Combs and doc- Dr. Carl Hill himself, David Gale. And it, mm. for, for some reason, I have a very warm, fuzzy feeling about Bride of Reanimator. Can't quite figure out why. Actually, I think that's one of the things that brought Jason and I together and realized we were kindred spirits because we were talking about something one day and we both brought up, like, Bride of Reanimator, like... <laughs> You are the sunshine yeah. of my <laughs> life. Yeah. The, the fact that I had the poster in my yeah, room at one yeah. point, and yeah. Although I think I can top that. I had the posters for both Halloween Six, Howling Six, The Freaks, Halloween Five, The Revenge of Michael Myers, and Demon Seed. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am a loser. I think your, I, I think your horror geekiness yeah. or your level of horror coolness is oh, rated no... by how deep the sequel is that the posters you yeah. have on when your you wall. Have, when you have the sixth Howling movie and actually think it's not that's that exactly bad. Right. I mean, seriously? Yes. That's like, well, that's like the best sequel. Howling 6 The Freaks is the carnival. It's like a period When you piece. have Jason X up on your <laughs> No, but I did have the Jason versus Freddy one for a while. Uh, no, that was a decent one because it kind of had their, their two faces and all, but yeah. Would this so, be considered, anyway. I wonder if this would be considered a tangent. Yes. So anyway, Reanimator, nineteen eighty five. Check it out, folks. That was my pick. Jason, <laughs> next. Yes, um, my next pick is a sequel. Um, my next two are actually a sequel from nineteen eighty two, Halloween three, season of the witch, which does not star Michael Myers. It <laughs> star the very cool music, but it is That's the story the of. of um, <laughs> Dan O'Hurley he plays in this, and he actually plays the bad guy. Um, which he has a good face for. He kind of has that good feel for. I didn't really like him so much in Starfighter as a good guy, as much as I liked him in RoboCop as a bad kind of bad guy in this. Um, and then Halloween 3, he plays um, Connell Cochran, who is the CEO of um, the Shamrock... Part-time CEO, uh, part-time porn star. So- <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Silver Shamrock, a mask company. Um, one more and day he basically to Halloween, is... Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> one more day to Halloween, Silver Shamrock. <laughs> He's created these masks that have a computer chip and a tiny piece of Stonehenge in them <laughs> so that when Halloween comes, <laughs> he can uh, <laughs> basically kill millions of people. Go <laughs> children. And... Not people, just children. Just kids. Yeah, kids just kids. wear the mask. Just he can, kids. He's uh, chanting this. Uh, yeah, so Tom Atkins plays in this, and um, um, as does. 
<laughs> yes, um, as is Dana Hurley who plays Megan. But it's it's not a Michael Myers, so don't think Halloween and going into this. But it is a he does have um, a cameo have... in it. He has a cameo. He well, Tom well, Atkins is at a bar, he, and they have a tr- uh, up on the TV. You could see a, a preview. For that's Halloween. not technically him. It's him on TV in the movie. Well, yeah. So, yep. So his face is in it. Yep, I guess. Um, but uh, it's yeah. So anyway. I'll leave it at that. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, uh, with Dan O'Hurley. Um, and Tom Atkins. Be awesome. Yep, Tom and Tom Atkins. Anything with Tom Atkins is immediately cool. Okay, well, I, think so. I am going to follow that up with, since you brought up Jason X, and I said Freddy versus Jason, one would say, well, <laughs> gee, Joel, are you talking about a Friday the 13th movie? No, I am, in fact, talking about Return of the Living Dead Part 2. But it did star Tom Matthews as Joey uh, that was, I don't even know what that was. Um, who, who, who was Joey? Yeah, yeah, Joey. Um, I was a Samantha. I was like, I was doing like, I was gonna start with doing oh, jo- Joey Tribbiani by way of Tony Danza. I don't know what that was. Yes, you're Tony, Tony Danza, Sam- Samantha, Angela, <laughs> Mona, Jonathan. Why is it Jonathan? Why, what are you, Jonathan? Jonathan, jo- Jonathan. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Tom Matthews plays uh, Joey, but Tom Matthews was, uh, for you real horror aficionados, played Tommy Jarvis in Friday 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, 1986, one of my personal faves. <laughs> but he's also for sure Living Dead Part 2, hence the connection. Wow, I am reaching tonight. So that's it. It works. Yeah, it works. So yes, uh, long story short, Return of the Living Dead Part Two is a sequel to the uh, cult classic Return of the Living Dead from 1985. This movie came out in 1988, mm-hmm. and uh, some kids, you know, unearth some barrels of military toxic goo, and you know, bring forth the living dead. You know how it always goes. Uh, yeah, yeah. On, on a funny side note, both James Karen and Tom Matthews, the aforementioned Tom Matthews were also in the original Return of the Living Dead and played two guys that were exposed to this toxin that caused them to become zombies. And <laughs> in a funny twist in this movie, they're grave robbers who happen to be in the graveyard when this all occurs. <laughs> they also get exposed again. And there's some great moments where there's this whole idea of like deja vu. It's like, I feel like we've been here before. And, you know, so it, it's, <laughs> it's not a great movie by any stretch of what great could even possibly mean. But it's badly entertaining in that wonderfully cheesy 80s zombie way. You know, kind of like Video yeah, Dead or something like that. Yeah, there's nothing quite like those like a, a cheesy old zombie movie. There's nothing oh. as good as that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, and, and yeah. of course, the Return of the Living Dead are the ones that you know helped uh, bring the whole concept of brains into the lexicon. And this movie may have one of the greatest lines ever, which is when uh, there's a zombie woman head laying on the, in the foyer. Again, sans vocal cords. They... Got to get it out of there, but they don't want to touch it. So they take a screwdriver and shove it into her, you know, temple and pick her (laughs) up. And as they're carrying her out with this really bad, like, Texas accent, get that damn screwdriver out of my head. I don't know why that entertains me, folks, but it does. Doesn't take much. No, it doesn't. So, yes, Return of Living Dead Part 2 from 1988. Check it out one time, won't you? Yes, um, and my final pick and number two overall is the final in a series that ended up getting stinkier and stinkier as they progressed. Much like fish, Jaws that's been left yes. out. Yes, uh, 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 fish, mm-hmm. Jaws, I'm, the Revenge, I'm which good. is technically Jaws four. Um, 
Uh, Jaws 3 was the 3D with uh, Louis Gossett Jr., which was awful. And then this really went above and beyond and just topped that. How this can you was... say that with Mario Van Peebles as that awesome uh, guy? This stars Lance Guest, hmm? uh, who played the, the Alex in The Last Starfighter, as Michael Brody, um, the uh, one of the sons of Chief Brody from the original Jaws and Jaws 2. And basically in this one... It's the story of Ellen Brody, played by Lorraine Gary, who is the, the widow of the chief. He apparently died between sequels, and, <laughs> um, and she has gone to visit her son, Michael, in the Bahamas. I love that you laughed at that. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> not the dead part. It's the, <laughs> he's dead. Oh, it's it's he's kind of dead. Really a comedy. It really yeah. is. Uh, oh, yeah, and don't forget that um, uh, her other son, Sean, oh, dies oh, 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 did I give that away? Damn it! Of course, it's in like the first Sorry. three minutes of the movie. But it's, yeah. I was gonna say it's the very beginning. The, one of the reasons she goes to the Bahamas to visit her son is that um, not only did her husband die, which they t- explained at the beginning, but also Sean, the, the younger son, dies um, in this. And so basically, it, it's the story of Jaws coming to get them in the Bahamas. Which this time it's gets, personal, Jason. This time it's because the other times it wasn't. Um, and it it does star Michael Caine. Mm. Who plays a guy named Hoagie? This was back who, in his he, slumming it days when he would take a paycheck for anything, anywhere. He would be yeah, it was in the anything. Yeah, because 70s, he's peak, 80s, he goes down a little now, he's back up again. So, um, But yes, he plays kind of Ellen's love interest, sort of. You know, he's an older guy and she's uh, the, the widower. So um, anyway, it, it, uh, it's an awful movie. <laughs> but, <laughs> Dude. My favorite part is how they should. They, I'm not. I, okay, you know, just because technically I want to be fair. Stop it, damn it. Okay, spoiler alert. Whatever. Like, you gonna, like you care. Right. Uh, yep. Yeah, I remember the shark with an electric collar. They get some kind of like electro or electric collar on it or something. And they're like, <laughs> they're hitting it with these volts of electricity. It's launching up yeah. out of the water and like. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's it's <sighs> oh. And, and for some reason, this movie just stands out. This part, this. Stands out more to me in this movie than any of the others. For some reason, I guess giant sharks have to come out of the water a little sideways oh, for yeah. them to be Jason, cool you because know, they right, always no, seem you, to come. You know why? Because <laughs> why? it's much in the same way how gangsters will turn their guns sideways, which, of course, is a brilliant way to hold a gun, by the way, because the shells will not eject out and hit you in the forehead or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of like that. It's like Jaws, well, it was, cool. Jaws was gangster before gangster was cool. Gangsta fish. Gangsta <laughs> fish. And he would jump out sideways oh. because it was cool. <laughs> Get off that boat, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would pop a cap. I'm gonna I'm gonna bite you bitches. No. Um it was <laughs> it was it's just a bad one. The jaws the shark in this one is so animatronic. Um so, I, jaws, I love that I love that we have to so animatronic because the other ones were just <laughs> Just animatronic. This one well, is it, so it, at least the, you can okay. actually see the hydraulic pistons. You can almost firing in his jaw. Uh, Jaws one is one of my favorite movies of all time. I yes, absolutely awesome. love the film. And in this one is when it turned these sequels, I like especially two, three and actually. four. I like two. Two was good. Yeah, three and four really were the ones that went B movie. The first two were good. The first one was a fantastic classic, good horror suspense kind of, but. The three and four just really turned into B movies, and it was sad for me because I love the, the the franchise. But so anyway, yeah, nineteen eighty seven, the death of Jaws. I mean, Jaws: The Revenge. 
<laughs> yes. So our last pick, Jason, in, in the in the classic sense of the word of I'm doing low hanging fruit here, and I'm also going with a Lance Guest <laughs> movie <laughs> because I wasn't going to go with Jeffrey Blake in his wonderful turn in Critters Three, also starring Leonardo DiCaprio. So I went with Halloween uh-huh. Two from 1981. Would I confuse you with my Critters Three reference? No, no, I I, did, I forgot about the oh. Leonardo DiCaprio in it. You're like, yeah. what? What are you talking? And I was about? like, Critters Three. Oh yeah. And Angela Bassett was in Critters Four along with Brad Dourif. Figure that one out. I think everybody's got to do a Critters movie once. I think so. <laughs> Although they were, were written by the great David J. Shaw, who I'm a fan of. So anyway, Halloween 2, 1981, is my first pick. Now, of course, this uh, sequel came out three years after the original, yet takes place in the same night. And let's just say Laurie Strode, a.k.a. the awesome, don't you say a word, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, uh-huh. Don't start. Yes, the awesome <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Her hair was odd in this film but yeah, interesting yeah it was directed by rick <laughs> rosenthal actually john carpenter and the uh, late great deborah hill wrote this one as they did the original and mm-hmm. they produced this film as well it started of course jamie lee curtis donald pleasance tra- the great uh, charles cyphers who was in many early carpenter flicks and uh, the lance guest this was one of his early pictures he plays jimmy Little Jimmy! Hey, come on now, Jimmy! And he is a paramedic. The majority of the film takes place in a hospital. It is not my yeah. favorite sequel in the franchise. Actually, that would be reserved for part four. But it is it is great from the standpoint that it, it, the whole hospital setting is very cool. Um, I worked mm-hmm. uh, construction for about a year or so, and we actually worked at the Tampa Hospital, and we had to go back where, like, all the pipes and the boilery and stuff. And it was straight uh, up like a Halloween, too. And it was right around that time of year, and I would just walk around my that because, of course, I was supposed to be doing work. So what I would do is I'd walk around and just to myself go, <laughs> and kind of creep myself out. <laughs> Picture, like, the slow tracking shot to the double doors and just... Michael walking in. Wow, I so needed a hobby. So, anyway, uh, Halloween 281, and uh, it's, it's, the, it's the night he came home again, except he was already there because it's the same night. And Dr. And Sam... He doesn't really go home. He you know, kind of comes to the, the hospital. hospital. Well, you know, well, if he was born there, I guess you could say it was kind of his <laughs> home. I mean, so, uh, Donald Plus is playing the great Sam Loomis, who's trying to track down the Michael who's after yep. Jamie Lee Curtis for a specific reason that I won't give away because it'd be a major spoiler. And he's... I was going to say, though, Donald Pleasance, I think, was born to wear a trench coat. Oh, yeah. He, like, he, 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 just... he, he sports the mess out of that trench coat, doesn't he? Oh, just awful. Him and, him and Humphrey Bogart, I think, were just they, – they wear that. Well, too, and like, you, but does. usually that's all that's going on and, you know, it well, involves police. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Halloween 2 – the night he came home, dot, 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 again, was uh, my number one pick, and mainly because Lance was in it. And, of course, I didn't really say anything about him being in the movie because, you know, it's kind of a throwaway party ends up. A long story short, yeah. it turns out that he and uh, Jamie Lee, are, a.k.a. Laurie Strode, are the parents of Daniel Harris's character in the subsequent Halloween 4 and 5. So mm. that's the connection there. Gotcha. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, Jason. Yeah. We'll go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. <laughs> wrap it up with a bow. Send it out to the peoples. Put a cap on it. Put a cap on it. Yep. And uh, would you like to give them their voice, uh, voicemail feedback line so they, they could be would. awesome and call them like Kevin <laughs> the night of the show so that it actually relates to the show that we're doing? 
because hey, you and I want to do a yeah because a week <laughs> call us no listen call us for next week because we're going to talk about House nineteen not the TV show with yes. Hugh Laurie no uh, the we're awesome about one with William Cat from nineteen eighty six and Bull yes. from Night Court nineteen eighty six yes um, call us about House. We've also got some other movies coming up that are some awesome classics. After House, we're going to talk about Cliffhanger and and what, after what, Cliffhanger. What, Jason? what are what we doing? It? What is it, Jason? What are we doing? What is it, Jason? I finally gave in after 25 Garbage episodes. Garbage Pale Kids, the movie! Yes! No. Terry O'Quinn in the original Stepfather. <laughs> and I've never seen it. Oh, never that. seen Enough it, so I'm going to be straight Isn't up that, no, stepfather no, virgin. Gonna and he's going to be a contrarian, and he knows how much I love it. And he knows I have a big I poster of it hanging in my cube, and he's going to be like, <laughs> I hated it. It was no, so – the, the way they shot it and that music, <laughs> it was crap. I swear to Spielberg, I will be honest in my opinion. I will not bend it any way. Okay. I swear. So give us a call if you have anything to say about those movies. Area code 206 203 0491. Call us anytime. Long distance rates apply if you so pay them. <laughs> or if you just avoid them, that's fine too. <laughs> so you could also send us feedback. Feed, feedback at forgottenflix.com or you could send it to uh, Jason, Jason at forgottenflix.com or me, Joel at forgottenflix.com or Ned Needlander at forgottenflix.com. <laughs> Whatever. And you could also follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at forgottenflix. That's flicks with an X. Because X's are cool. And Jason's <laughs> Flicks Sidekick, also with an X. Uh, check us out on iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us reviews. We love reviews, especially when they're followed by five stars. So, <laughs> But you can really tell us how you honestly feel because we mean, like that too. No. If you are, just send that email <laughs> to Jason. At, actually, you know what? Send it to Ned Needlander at ForgottenFlicks.com <laughs> if it's anything less than five stars. So, uh, Jason, do you got any final comments about this uh, this totally rockin' awesome 25th episode? Y Sanche, Onimatsuela, pita, pita. <laughs> we never covered that, did we? Oh, well. Until next time, a flick is only forgotten if you're not talking about it.